0: Well, I never should have been listening, man. And sirens, they were all I had here. There's a building downtown burning, yeah, and all
1: the sounds
2: are ringing in my ear. So when the devil will come, call yeah, again, and it ain't him, you've got to fear. Hey, welcome to Backstage at Brick, your performing arts podcast, recorded here at the Brick Arts Media podcast studio this is your look backstage behind the scenes at all the performing arts happenings here at brick i'm your host bj evans i'm here with my co-host elizabeth krisunas hey elizabeth hello How are you today? I'm great. We are back at it, and we have our first Brick Lab of the season that just loaded in, one of those uh, terms we've talked about before of the load-in, of when everything is loaded into the space and rehearsal begins. So the first Brick Lab of the season is here, and I am so lucky that they are here in the studio with us today. They are working on a piece called Terra Root from the Earth. Um, could you all introduce yourselves? Who is in the studio? To my right I have... Hi,
1: I'm Johnny Walsh. I'm the co-composer and I play the cello and the mandolin in the band.
0: Hey
2: Johnny, and who else?
0: Hi, my name is Kaisi Uh I'm another writer for the musical and I play the rabab.
2: Welcome, and they have their instruments here with us today so in a few minutes we'll get to hear something. And there are a couple of other people in the studio. I don't know if y'all can like sneak down to the microphones real quick and just introduce yourselves and say hi. Hi, I'm Jessica Batke, I am uh, the music director for the show and the accordionist in the band. Welcome, and? (laughs) Hi, I'm Nikki and Jasmine, I'm the photographer. Welcome. So the I always feel like there's a lot wrapped up in the title of a piece, and a title of a piece can tell us so much about it. And um, for all you listeners out there, we've talked about the Brick Labs coming up, we've talked about Terror Root from the Earth, and my like very quick one-liner has always been it's a musical about America's involvement in Afghanistan, which is a very quick, broad, probably doesn't even encompass everything that the piece is about. So can y'all tell me a little bit about what the piece is, and where maybe the title Terror Root from the Earth came from, and what that means to the piece.
1: Yeah, maybe I could say, since I'm the one who came up with that title seven or eight (laughs) years ago now, I suppose I'm on the hook for that one. (laughs) This piece started life when I was serving as a diplomat in Kandahar at the absolute height of the really the violence in southern Afghanistan uh, when we had 20,000 troops in one province, and it was just a terrible, violent time. And this, I, I felt like I was seeing all around me uh, thoroughly decent people who were trying, first and foremost, to stay out of the war. And all of the political sides were trying to pull them in by different means. Certainly the Taliban, very much including the United States. And I found that dilemma hard to express in a in a diplomatic cable or in a policy argument. I found it very easy to express by telling a story about people living through that because it was a very human set of motives and I, I don't know relatable um, circumstance the idea of terror from the earth is first of all that um, we kind of use agricultural motifs throughout the script of this or through the lyrics the score of this show um, and it kind of represents a much older uh, I don't want to say traditional society but a much older uh, set of ways of life in Afghanistan that these conflicts have deeply disrupted So tearing the roots out of the earth is, in effect, what first, in the modern era, what first the Soviet era did and later the American era, along with lots of other conflicts that have emerged during that time.
2: And, Kais, what about you? What is your relationship to this piece, to the idea of tearing a root from the earth, to um, the music you've written for this piece? Talk to me a little bit about that.
0: Well, for me specifically, um, one of the things that Johnny and I bonded on uh, was um, to feature Afghan music. And for me specifically, I like to take Afghan music, the, um, you know, what is traditional and recontextualize it uh, to be able to introduce it to another audience. So that paired with uh, the story, which is um, more or less, uh, the perspective—the uh, the perspective is from um, an Afghan family over three generations. Um, so to take this, you know, very Afghan story, and to take, um, you know, very real Afghan instrumentation and music, and to recontextualize it and reinterpret it in a way that can not only, um, you know, assure that it's heard. By a larger audience, but also a way, um, an easier way for people to humanize this, like you know, fantasy land of Afghanistan that has, you know, uh, existed um, for so long. But you know, it's it's somewhere that's so far, and uh, I feel like a lot of people are 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 detached, um, you know. And I've said this before. Whereas, you know, wars like Vietnam, there was there was something, you know, you couldn't really ignore it just because there was a draft and people were very actively involved, whereas um, the Afghan conflict, it seems that it's just kind of existed somewhere, um, you know, not in our daily lives. So it's very easy to forget that, you know, these are actual people and that, you know, when people die, it's, it's, it's as if people die anywhere. And so, uh To make sure that the history and the stories of this um, place um, you know are heard, I, I think um, is what's important for me.
2: Thank you for that. So, I love what you said about the recontextualizing the music and the humanizing of Afghan people in Afghanistan. And it leads me a little bit into my next question. Uh, you both are very much um, experts in the field in the study of Afghanistan and diplomacy and America's involvement there. And I'm curious, for, for Kais and for Johnny, this could be for both of you, what are some of the misconceptions about Afghanistan and about America's involvement there? And about maybe even the people that you feel like you wish you could get through to people um, that aren't true, or things that we just don't realize, or that we don't know that we don't know. Tell me a little bit about what we're getting wrong and what we should know, if anything. If there's any misconceptions I mean, we have,
0: we're the same as anyone else, and I think that's and I think that's the real difference is that you know people assume. That those in Afghanistan, the people in Afghanistan, are just so much different, uh, which is really not the case. It's the same as people anywhere. Everyone has hopes and dreams and aspirations, and they want to grow up in a safe place. And um, it's it's just you, you know we're not very different. Uh, I'm I'm one of them, and I'm sitting. You know the fact that you know we can sit together and um, just look at all of the outstanding. Um, similarities we have it's um i think that's just it is that it's you know it's it's kind of like we're the same i think that's like a really cliche way of putting it but no it's completely true i I don't want that to be seen as a
1: radical act i want that to be seen as normal human interaction yeah i i think for me um fundamentally as a visitor to this country uh it is certainly true that uh, our society has a tendency to view this place as a land doomed to perpetual war uh, you know, incapable of being anything else that is if nothing else a complete historical fallacy. This is not a place that's been at war forever. Um, it's been at war for a very long time as a revol- result of very specific political and military developments. It's also a place of I mean, extraordinary physical beauty, of awesome cultural richness there's a reason there are Afghan restaurants in in, and <laughs> increasingly in every town in the uh, in the country, and um, it it is normal. Like it, I would say I've uh, in my diplomatic life I've worked on a lot of um, conflicts in the Middle East and South Asia. I've been in the middle of some of them. Afghanistan actually gets its claws in the best way into Americans who go there in a way that most of those don't. Like there, it, it's much more common that People go and they end up devoting their entire careers to it when they never expected to do that. And I, I'm very much one of them, but I'm not. I'm not unusual in that regard.
2: That was, I was actually going to ask, I'm like, are you? Did that happen to you? Did you yeah. go over there?
1: Yeah, uh, okay. I, I. My background was in the Arab world, and I had served in Iraq and worked on that a long time. And I, I thought I was just uh, sort of trying to help at a, a moment where this country's effort in Afghanistan was uh, really going off the rails. Um, And that was eight years ago. I've been working on, you know, the effort for a peaceful political settlement in that country ever since then as sort of my other (laughs) major pursuit besides this piece of art.
2: And can y'all tell me about the moment the two of you decided to work on this together? There had to have been a, a moment where the meeting of the minds came, or it sounds like, Johnny, maybe you thought of it and grad keist and we're like let's do this together or maybe it went the other way but tell me about that moment when this piece was born.
1: Maybe I could say so uh-huh. the the original conception of this piece was actually only western music and the, there was a uh, perhaps well-founded concept that proved inadequate where we were going to sort of de-exoticize our characters by having them speak like in, in folk and blues of the American South, and and there is a parallel there in a sort of rural context, that was very inadequate and we needed Afghan music to be represented, if only because it's so good that it was a missed opportunity <laughs> not to have it. And so we started looking up at who's a good collaborator and, I mean, it was very clear immediately that Kais he's one of the world's leading practitioners of traditional Afghan music. I. Uh, gmailed him on that basis from whatever I got off of his website and was just flabbergasted and a little bit starstruck to get a note back you know in 10 or 15 minutes Uh, and we were on the phone like that night or the next day or something like that maybe you can pick it up from there but I'll just say when he told me he was a rabab player working on an Americana album. It was like, that was one of those gobsmacked oh, right. moments where it felt like Providence was stepping in for this piece.
0: Yeah, that it was right before my, um, my second LP. And uh, I took that as an omen just because I had tried to work in a lot of, um, in the music that I write, it's um, rooted and based in, You know uh, Afghan classical music, but there's um, you know have you know being versed in in both Eastern and Western music. I like to you know contemporize and and yeah. uh, When I got that email from Johnny from his Gmail account, um, I think it was just uh, you know the time was very appropriate, and um, I met with uh, his team. I think a month later. And like I said, we have uh, there, our missions had seemed to overlap. Mine being, how do I take this music and usher it into the 21st century and present it in a way that can be appreciated uh, by a larger global audience, uh, which lends, you know, lends itself um, to Johnny's purposes. So uh, for me, also, um, I, I've done a lot of things, musicals um, have not been one of them. So for me, this was a chance to, uh, write in a way that I'm not, you know, that I haven't written. So it's a, it's a really cool challenge. And I like learning about this process and this specific, you know, world and, you know, genre of entertainment.
2: Yeah. Tell me, I'm so fascinated by you know rock stars for lack of a better word who end up in musical theater so tell me a little bit of it uh case what what has been the maybe weirdest thing about musical theater and the musical theater world so far or the most surprising thing
0: what has been the weirdest thing
1: what's been weird for you johnny I don't know if I could define myself as a rock star. I think you know, among <laughs> diplomats who've entered the musical theater world, it's just incredible how much fun it is. I think, yeah, <laughs> it's um,
0: it seems like a lot of play, and so a lot of times I feel guilty because I'm having too much fun. Um, if you know, <laughs> we uh, have
2: such a suspicion of joy sometimes. <laughs> I say, enjoy your yeah, joy. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm learning that process. <laughs>
2: That's great. So you talked, Kais, about taking Afghan classical music into the 21st century, and I'm curious a little bit about what that might mean to an audience of Brooklynites who perhaps don't know a lot about classical music or Afghan classical music, and what what um, You're holding an instrument right now that I believe is called the Rabab, am I correct. saying that correct? Yes. And I am imagining that is related to Afghan classical music somehow. Correct. So can you tell me a little bit about what the Rabab is, what what classifies Afghan classical music? If you want to play a little bit of that instrument, feel free if you need to show us.
0: Sure. Um, the Rabab itself is a 2,500-year-old instrument. It originates in modern-day Afghanistan. Um, and it has spread throughout the region. There's, uh, there's a form of Rabab, uh, you know, as far west as like Iran. There's, there's Rababs in the, um, the other stands like Uzbekistan, Tajikistan. There's, there's a form of Rabab in India that was later evolved. So um, it's an old instrument. It is the national instrument of Afghanistan. So it is very much, um, you know, tied with the national identity of Afghanistan and Afghans. Um, that being said, Afghan classical music itself is a subbranch of Indian classical music. We use the same system. And um, you know, your question earlier, one of the uh, the first questions, you know, how do we, what is Afghan classical music, and. The approach, uh, you know, to this reinterpretation, um, and specifically with this musical, um, I like to try to bridge with the with, you know, the similarities that uh, that we share. So the similarities that that exist in um, Eastern and Western music. The piece that we've prepared to play later on is kind of. Um, you know, a really good example of just this. Uh, we were it was the last day of a re uh, of a uh, one uh, week writing retreat that me and Johnny were on in D.C. And uh, I remember we were writing uh, we were trying to write something within within the last like two hours we had together. And he's like, you know, I really want this blues song. You know, I, I kind of have an idea for a blues song. You know, what do you got? I was like, OK, well, um, you know, in my tradition, there's a rag, which is, you know, like a mode uh, that is, you know, that re- resembles, you know, a um, a blues scale. And so, you know, thank you. <laughs> so, you know, with that. With that one bridge, you know, then we were able to within you know an hour just okay. Well, you know, this is the key. You know, these are the you know this is the scale, and then just assign chords to it. And again, borrowing from um, you know Western format of um, you know like a twelve bar blues uh, with this with this mode that exists in both worlds. This is how we've kind of traversed. Um, this writing partnership and writing for this musical after my involvement, where you know we we start with with what we have in common, and then we just work off there.
2: I love that you said that because it feels like a metaphor for what you said earlier when I asked you about misconceptions about Afghanistan or Afghan people, and you were like, "Well, we're the same. Yeah, we are." And
0: it doesn't stop at. I mean. It, from food to music to behavior to habits, we're yeah, it's it's. I'm not gonna say it's the same same, but there's a lot similar um, that you may think
2: that we can all a- understand each other. That mm-hmm. your classical rabab is able to speak to Johnny's blues guitar. The two of you have found a common language and been able to speak to each other and expand your minds and see the similarities. I think is really beautiful and a really beautiful metaphor. Um, that goes even beyond music. So um, with that said, I would love to hear, so we've heard a little bit of the Rabab, thank you for that case, I would love to hear it come together, I believe y'all have prepared a song? We have. Or something, or maybe a snippet (laughs) of a thing? Is this a piece from, well I'll let you introduce the piece.
1: Sure, this is uh, a piece from the early part of the show, it's called Relics. it is uh, sung between two women. Our awesome music director, Jessica, is going to just sing it straight through. Um, they are sisters deeply at odds with each other because one of them leans towards the communist government, we're back in the 80s, and one leans towards the Mujahideen who are fighting them. And they are kind of using uh, elements of Afghanistan's history, of their father's legacy, as cudgels against each other, um, but drawing on those same. Uh, points of inspiration Uh, at the same time it's just a swaggering song by two uh, very capable women who are sort of taking fate in their own hands so
2: relics oh we're dropping microphones here in the podcast studio (laughs) but we're gonna work it out Is this is definitely behind the scenes. Backstage <laughs> at brick. <laughs> Checking levels. These are the relics of my father's side. Nobody closer than I think we're great Okay.
0: Thanks.
2: Oh, that's not as loud as I'm gonna sing either. Okay. I'll watch the I'll
0: watch the great. dude and back off. Yep. <laughs> On it.
2: the dark and ancient age, it's falling faster than any of us thought, I love you so, I swear I don't want to go, but none of this was ever the plan, this town ain't yours and mine, if we turn back the hands of time, I pray that you understand. That was extraordinary. This whole podcast studio, all six of us, were uh, bopping away to that. It was amazing. So that was the first number?
1: Uh, Not the first number, but important early
2: one. Wonderful. Um, It's called Relics. That was amazing. Thank you so much for doing that today. So if that got you excited about the showing, which I think it probably did, make sure you come to Brick and check out the showings of Terra Root from the Earth. They are Thursday and Friday. Thursday, September 27th at 7 p.m. There are definitely still tickets available for that. Friday, uh, September 28th at 2 p.m. There's tickets for that. The 7 p.m. showing on Friday is full. It is sold out. So if you want to come and get on a wait list that night, you're welcome to do that. But buy tickets for Thursday, the 27th, and Friday, the 28th at two. They're only eight dollars. Um, only eight dollars to listen to that amazing music. Um, thank you so much for playing that today, um, Elizabeth. Do you have a question for us to uh, round out our, <laughs> I'm getting the look of like, oh, I don't really. <laughs> What's our question of the day? Um, I think we, now that we're getting into the new fall season, I just wanted to see, do you guys have any like fun, personal activities planned? Any sort of fall outdoor activities or anything coming up that you're looking forward to?
1: Well, I spend a lot of my time in the Shenandoah Valley uh, trying to make these songs better, so there's no better time than the fall for that. That's where I'll be after this. Uh, every time we do one of these workshops, the upside is we have the absolute time of our lives, and the downside is I come out with hu- we come out with huge amounts of homework to make it better, whether it's the plot points or music points, or really nailing that Venn diagram between uh, the best of Afghan music and the best of American music. I think my next three months will be uh, really
0: hunkering down and trying to make this as good as it can be. That's awesome. He's headed to the Shenandoah Valley. I'm headed to Northern Arizona to disappear for a couple months to write new music. So,
2: really? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, is this new music for your EP or a record or for the show?
0: Uh, for a uh, for another EP. I just released a record earlier this year, so.
2: Can you tell us the title of that record so the listeners can check it out? Sure.
0: Yeah. The Ghost You Love Most. uh, It was released uh, back in April.
2: Great. And I think we will um, be playing out with some music from The Ghost You Love Most. Uh, So keep an ear out for that. Um, Thank you everyone for coming today. Thank you and Johnny. Is there anything about the show or about this piece or about this work that you wanted to share with us and our listeners that I didn't ask or you didn't get to share? It's okay if it's, no, if it's okay if it's I can't said tell if Kai says something on the tip of his tongue.
0: Um, I just wanted to, I mean, to whoever's listening, to not feel intimidated when they hear something like it's, you know, it's a musical about Afghanistan.
2: Um, <laughs> I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, because, it, you know, um, even though it may be, you know, whatever subject matter, it is something that is just very enjoyable and that everyone will be able to relate to and yeah. bop around to just like everyone else was doing you know, here. Yeah, earlier. the song
2: was fabulous. I want the soundtrack immediately. <laughs> we need to get on recording. I know, you really part. should, seriously.
1: <laughs> now, I would just add, uh, for me, this is uh, partially a love letter to Afghanistan, um, but it's uh, supposed to be compassionate towards all sides. Um, there are no straight good guys or bad guys in this story. Um, It's supposed to be about the joy in life and and not just uh, the horrors that we often see in the news about this place. And that's why we keep emphasizing we have the time of our life putting this on, because this music is joyful to its core, and that's really what we're trying to draw out at the end.
2: Thank you for that. So check it out. Thursday, September 27th, Friday, September 28th. You can get tickets online at brickartsmedia.org. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Backstage at Brick. I'm your host, B.J. Evans. We're produced by Mark Pugan, though we had a pinch hitter today. Elizabeth Krasunas co-hosting and producing today. Thank you, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And our guests, uh, Johnny and Keis, and of course, Jessica, thank you for being here and for singing. Um, we will catch you in a couple of weeks for the next edition of Backstage at Brick. Until then, I hope we'll see you backstage. Thank you.